Happy. Happy Advent there, Brian O'Brien. Hey, it is good. It is almost Christmas, but not yet. It's not beginning yet. to look still like and Advent. And so this is Christmas. All over the world. Didn't we uh, make fun of Christmas songs one year? Like, did, did we talk? I think Mary, we did a show. Did you know? Or like, yes, we, yes, she, she knew. knew. She knew. She got it. Okay. Mary, okay. did you know? Moving on. Yes, moving on. Yes, she knew that her baby boy. Yes, because that, yes, if you know the that, scripture, because the angel told her. Yeah, and yeah, that's how she knew, and she knew because someone told her. <laughs> it's really not that hard. Uh, anyway, wow. Anyway. Okay, okay, so it's, uh, it's Advent. We're uh, this weekend is the uh, third Sunday of Advent, which means we get to wear pink. Well, rose. Uh, I don't wear pink. Uh, you I, guys, your the vestment you guys have is uh, Pepto Bismol. It's pink. It is. It's it's like it's pink. a jug of Pepto Bismol pink. Yeah, and it one attracts time attention I, though. One time I put it on and uh, I looked you, in the mirror and I thought. I looked like the Pepto Bismol. You could man. wear it for Halloween. What mm. are you for Halloween? I'm a Pepto. I'm Pepto Bismol priest. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna light that uh, that rose colored uh, pink uh, Advent wreath oh, yeah. uh, candle uh-huh. at uh-huh. mass, and hopefully you have an Advent wreath going perhaps at home or Ooh, in, yeah. at work. Uh, yeah. So it's the third Sunday of Advent. So we're, that means we're getting a little closer. I was celebrating Mass here Wednesday night uh-huh. for Tell the Vigil more. of the Immaculate Conception yeah. of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the uh-huh. patroness of America. Yeah. And I noticed that your uh, week one candle... It's very small. ...is a nub. Yeah, I don't know. I, I we gotta, We're going to have to adjust that. I think it'll make it through... I don't know. If you want, <laughs> if you want, I don't know if it'll make it through the weekend. Uh, if you want, uh, my um, my fourth Sunday in Advent candle never gets used. Is it the same size? Uh, yeah, it's the uh, is that one diameter? Yeah, sure. Oh, can yeah. you bring that over? That'd yeah, be it's so a, it's kind. A, it's maybe a little lighter purple, but I think it'll be a oh. good lesson on teaching people of. Yeah, because we light it a lot. I mean, you light it all during every you know during every mass, and then we had our Advent parish mission, so we had it lit like that whole. I know. All those nights. Uh-huh. Yeah, we better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that's awesome about Christmas is a lot of people come to Mass. Whoa. They come to back to God's country. Um, and so America. that's, you know, visitors from out of town. That's also, you know, there's people uh, out there who uh, are not, uh, don't practice the faith uh, on a regular basis. And so they come, you know, Christmas and Easter sort uh-huh. of, oh, I should probably go. Uh, welcome. We would love. We'd love to have you. Um, and obviously, we would. You know, obviously, encourage as we do every week. We would encourage um, weekly coming to mass every Sunday, yep. um, and getting involved in the life of the parish, the sacrament of confession, and coming and to confession, Jesus and the Eucharist. Yep. But uh, but of course, you know, if you come on Christmas, then that is that is a good thing. Um, it's also a time I had noticed. I think especially our we have a midnight midnight mass. So here's our, our Christmas mass times for those of you uh, with pen and paper handy. Christmas uh-huh. Eve, which is Saturday, four, six, eight o'clock in Spanish, and then uh, Christmas Day, midnight and ten a.m. Mm. Okay. Um. Anyway, midnight mass for whatever reason has this like attraction for non-Catholics. It's like really? uh, yeah, every year, every year, midnight mass. There's like this sort of smattering of. Of folks from other churches, uh, Father O'Brien. Uh, what time is midnight mass? Yeah, midnight mass. Uh, we we had a big meeting about it. it took about <laughs> two hours, and ultimately we decided that midnight mass will be at midnight. 
Um, it was we accomplished a great deal. The meeting the meeting was about what time should midnight mass be, uh, and the ultimate conclusion of the meeting was that midnight mass will be at midnight. That took two hours. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> it took me three seconds in my office sending an email. Wow. Um. So we've been walking through the holy mass, and I'll just say this. I mean, for our regular yeah. listeners, I'm getting more comments, I don't know, from people just sort of around. Yeah. Um, I think people are are taking to it Ooh. and enjoying it. You Because you said the same thing. I got one comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is, usually you get none, and then just, you got one, it's like a thousand percent more. <laughs> it's infinite, infinitely more comments. Um, but anyway, I think people are enjoying it because, you know, one of the things about the, about the Mass, even as priests, we've been priests for a while, yeah. uh, the Mass sort of constantly surprises you. I mean, things... You know, I mean, I notice often, I think we were when we were talking about the creed, I, you know, I've just been like, the word apostolic in the oh, creed yeah. has just been like popping for me for like a few months when we say that in the Mass. Now, for my whole Catholic life, that's never really popped. That's never been like a wow. For whatever reason, lately, it, it has been. And, and, and the Mass can do that. Yeah. Um, different, different parts of the mass can, you know, sort of stand out at different times in your life. And so, anyway, this walk through the mass that we've been doing, I think is, is, is helpful for people, um, for not, for, you know, for non-Catholics who are trying to better understand the mass, but also for our Catholic brothers and sisters who maybe were never well catechized on the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a chance yeah. to get some street knowledge. Yeah. The, the, the uh, we're, we're finishing up. We only have a few weeks left to build this uh, church. Yeah. And we're putting all the marble flooring and doing all the paintings and the artists are coming in to paint the, these giant palm trees. And as I'm taking college students in for a tour, they're like, they learn about the mass. I'm like, wow, all the good stuff that you all are learning that we never learned before. And so this is, I love this opportunity to teach people about the mass. Now, Father Mike Schmitz has got that great video that's about 45 minutes. It was a talk at Seek, and it's called Pray the Mass Like Never Before. Oh, yeah, before. yeah, you mentioned so, that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's so good. if you haven't listened to that or watched it, boom, I highly encourage it. So last week, we left off with uh, the preparation of the altar. Yeah, the, and like the preface. We got, we got through the preparation of the altar. Uh, and the pre- and the preface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the preface. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. And just how it varies. You know, this time of year we have Advent. Advent has two different prefaces, mm-hmm. and the church says I think it's the first two weeks of Advent we use through the sixteenth. No, oh, through the sixteenth we use preface Advent preface one, and then seventeenth when the oh antiphons. Ah, show there up. we go through Christmas through yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah. We use antiphon, the, the, or, uh, the, preface number two. The octave. Which you never see. So that's the hard part, I mean, I think for, for people in the pews, uh, at the altar, I mean, really, it's just the priest. Even the deacon, like, doesn't really use the missile. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I really ever. Um, I mean, the deacon's parts are in there, but the deacon's parts are, are, I mean, the deacon should be able to. Yeah, exactly. To remember, let us offer... One another, a sign of you know, yeah, yeah. sign of peace. <laughs> they can't remember this. I mean, if you need the book for that, sometimes like in Spanish, the the deacon will need you know. Okay, what's it? Dense fraternamente la paz. Um, That's right. Give each other. Mm-hmm. Give it now. Give it to each other. Yeah. Um, uh, so where do you want to start? What do you like? Okay, so I think prefaces. so. Now, so we get through the preface, and then and then we go to and I think this really confuses people, and that is 
there are different Eucharistic prayers. Okay. So after the preface, we sing Holy, 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 the Sanctus. Yes. Okay. So that's like at the end of the preface, the priest will say, and now with all the angels and saints and throws and dominions and all the powers of heaven, we sing. Coros celestiales. And then... And then we sing, you know, holy, holy, holy Lord. So so one, I mean, that's a beautiful, the Sanctus is a gorgeous. Um, yeah, that comes right out of the prophet Isaiah. Yeah. When he hears them singing, it's all throughout the, you know, the, the different prophets. And then in the book of Revelation, which we heard in ordinary time of the, those those angels, the 24 elders singing, holy, holy, holy yep. is the Lord God of hosts. And then when and we earth. sing that, when we sing the Sanctus or the Holy, Holy, it's it, we're singing that with all the angels and saints. I did a little walkthrough of yep. the Mass in Spanish for our Wednesday night uh, formation, and it was so fun. And I just kept saying, I must have said it like four times, because every time I said it, like uh-huh. the, the head nodding was... Jazzy? It was ja- it was jazzy. That's a good way to put it. And then every time I said it, like another person was like, "Wait, really?" And then you know, like I would say it again, and then another person was like, "Wait, really?" That when we sing the Sanctus, we are that at every mass are present all the angels and all the saints yeah. are present at every uh-huh. at every mass because heaven and earth are full heaven of God's and glory. earth are full of your glory, Hosanna yeah. in the highest. And and there was like a just the eyes. I just loved seeing people's eyes. Like, wait, really? Yeah. So like, if everyone in heaven is at every mass, and we don't. I mean, I think the hard part there is you don't, you can't see it. Yeah. And so, well, we're glad because we would exceed our fire code, and yes, then we, the, the yes. local town officials would probably is, would be in the in the millions. Hopefully, the fire department's not listening to us. Yeah, a million people show up at mass. But then, well, you know what we say in the creed is, you know, all things we 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 talked about a couple weeks ago, all things visible and invisible, right? Uh-huh. So there are invisible realities that are as real yeah, yeah. as visible realities, and one of them is that all the angels and saints are present at every mass. And so when we sing that holy, holy, you know, it's it's we're, we're you, heaven and earth are 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 kind of uniting in praise of Almighty God and His Son Jesus Christ, and so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's I mean, pretty that's awesome. that's something I think that a lot of people don't really that don't don't really know that. Yeah. Um, so when when that when the Sanctus is finished, then the people kneel down. Uh huh. Um, uh, can I just make a caveat here? Um, yeah, put yeah. your everyone put your kneelers up. Like when mass is over, put your put your put your when you're in the if you're just in the church praying, and you and you and you use a kneeler, then put then put it up. Yeah. And here's why: one, it looks better. Two, I I was talking to an older a parishioner she, who is uh, homebound, um, and the last time she came to mass. She, you know, she doesn't walk very well, so she was kind of like walking. To, uh-huh. She was going to communion, and the and the the kneeler was down, and and she like she like tripped on it. So she was trying to get out of the pew to get in line to go up for communion. Oh yeah, but the person on the end on the end didn't put their kneeler up, and and she kind of I mean she's not she's fine, but like she kind of it it really scared her. No, oh. old people and falling, you know, yeah, it's yeah. no good. And so it really it like frightened her, and it, and it's kind of like anyway, just it's okay. one of those anyway. It's a, it's a polite thing. Just put 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 your or kneeler just up. don't use your kneeler and just kneel on the. Uh, concrete. You can do that too. You can do that like too, a boss. Yeah. 
Moss. The church I grew up in had no kneelers. Did people kneel on the ground or they stand? It was carpeted. And everyone just, uh, no, everyone knelt. Oh. But there were no kneelers. I tried to not put kneelers in this new church. Nah, and then they were like, you, you got to put kneelers in. I was it. like, I need you to can. save $30,000. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> okay, so after the Holy Holy, everybody kneels. Uh-huh. Um, and then the priest has a choice. And I think this throws people because there are different Eucharistic prayers. Uh, there are kind of four major ones. Yeah, we're not going to go in the absolute history of this. We're just going to talk brief, brilliant, and yeah, brief about yeah. It. So there's four Eucharistic prayers, yep. and then but then there's other ones: uh, Eucharistic prayers for various needs and occasions, Eucharistic prayers for reconciliation. You don't hear I, those. I'm looking as at those much. right now, and I so mostly I've never used those in our. You should. They're they're really good. I use the the, the Eucharistic prayers for reconciliation, especially during Lent. Um, but but the people you would have no way of knowing. Um, so. Like the servers, the servers, uh, our altar servers frequently kind of like will come up to us before Mass and say like, which Eucharistic prayer are we using? Because they, they want to know like the prompts on the bells because it changes. But I think most priests don't, I don't know, I don't go into Mass most of the time like, you know, like with a specific Eucharistic uh-huh. prayer that I'm, that I'm going to do. But anyway, so there's Eucharistic prayer one, two, three, and four. Let's let's work let's work backwards. Four can only be used during ordinary time because four has its own preface. You can't use Eucharistic prayer four if you don't use the preface that's with it. So if like during Advent there's an Advent preface, yeah, then Eucharistic prayer four is out. So Eucharistic prayer four you're only going to hear during ordinary time, or you should only hear it during ordinary time. What I love about Eucharistic Prayer 4 um, is it tells, especially, like we did a little series earlier this semester about the covenants. Yeah. The Eucharistic Prayer 4 beautifully tells the story of of God saving his people, of the covenants of from old to new. Um, and it's really, it's really quite, it's quite lovely. It's a little, it's kind of longer, and when I say longer... It's like two and a half, three minutes. Yeah, it's like a minute or two longer. Um, but anyway, you don't hear that as much. I mean, I think a lot of Catholics, if you g- just Google Eucharistic Prayer Four, I think a lot of Catholics won't recognize it. Have ne- if you go if you go here, you've you've heard it. We we've used it on Sundays. I haven't used it in years. We use. You should totally use it. I think the last time what's I your, used like, it, like how do you? I mean, just help people. Like, what's your thought process there? I, it just isn't on my list of not things on, to use. Not on the Eucharistic well, prayer radar. Well, Eucharistic prayer four is very much like the uh, it's what it's like Basil the Greater Gregory and Nazianzus. It's one of those uh, Eastern Catholic divine liturgy prayers, and, and so it it kind of trips me up because I learned those. You know, when I was a deacon in the, in the Byzantine, I was yeah. learning and I was celebrating Mass, the divine liturgy. I learned these. And so they're sort of stumbling blocks, uh, not stumbling blocks. I sort of stumble through them, yeah. And because they're different words, but also very similar, I w- I may start using it now that we're. we're talking I think about. you should set a goal for yourself. Oh no! Tw- Let's make a New Year's resolution. Oh stop! That in 2023, you will use Eucharistic prayer for. I probably will. I made a goal recently. This was actually just over the summer. I had never done Eucharistic prayer one in Spanish. Bro, that's tough. It's a beast, uh, and I and I did, and now I and now I do. I would say not as regularly, but I want. I need to do it. I need to do it. 
more. Yeah, I need to do it more. Um, anyway, yeah, okay, okay. Let's, uh, that's you, so prayer so that's Eucharistic prayer four. Um, you and you can you can look all these up. They're all there. Okay, and then you let's go backwards. Eucharistic prayer one is the is the most ancient. We it's frequently called the Roman canon. Um, it's also the longest. And again, when I say long, some people are like, "Oh, Eucharistic prayer one is so long." Somebody measured it, and it's like, I think it's two and a half minutes longer. <laughs> so like the time somebody just preach less, man. Just yeah. you know, or you know, or or oh my gosh. Mass was an hour and one minute and not <laughs> 59 minutes. Ah, you know, what will we ever do? I have to leave early. Uh, no, don't do that. Put your kneeler up and stop leaving early. Yeah, and we know because it's got, it's got those sections of the different saints. Lots of names. So uh, where, let's, can you read, read, the, read the name? Because these are names that, like, some are familiar to people. Uh, but this is this is what you would hear so it's in got Eucharistic saints. Prayer One. It's got the it's got the, the twelve apostles: Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude. And then it goes into popes. All right, so that so those are like known names. Okay, the apostles. Yeah, yeah. Peter, Paul. You know, now, what is it? What's the what's the first part? Peter. Um, the blessed apostles and martyrs: Peter and Paul, Andrew. Yeah. So we start with Peter. Paul, because he's Peter's the is the yep. the prime the primacy there. Um, Peter, Paul, Paul Andrew, James, Philip, jo- Bartholomew, James, Ma- John, Thomas. James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude. And then it goes into, into popes. And then we go into the popes I, when I, this gets. So I always, t- I always tell people like, hey, you know what? If I ever become pope, it's Cletus. Pope Cletus. Pope, pope Cletus the first. I'm, no, Cletus, oh, Cletus the second. Uh, yeah, that's because, a bold move. I know. Uh, Francis did it. Francis, first of his kind. Francis the first. And it's Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmos and Damien, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers and all things we may be defended by your protecting help through Christ our Lord. Amen. I love it. I love it. So those are cool. Like Linus, I mean, you associate with like pe- Snoopy? peanuts, you know. Oh, so, yeah, peanuts. No, That's Linus it. was a pope. Yeah. Linus, Cletus? Cletus is like... He's that's f- like that's like a backcountry Oklahoma name right there. <laughs> nope, it was it was a first century. Yeah, the, these first are all like pope. Yeah, um, there's some uh, discussion going on of like who's the second and third popes and whether the succession is proper and the names are right. It is. It is. We've we've we keep history. So Eucharistic prayer one. That's how you can know that the priest is doing Eucharistic prayer one is because you start to hear all those names. So you hear them, and there's two two lists of names, because then the other list comes towards the end of the Eucharistic prayer. What are those names? Um, it's John the Baptist, uh, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, and then it gets into martyrs. Marcellinus, Peter, Felicia to Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, uh, or Anastasia. Anastasia, as, as normal people say. Uh, well, Anastasia is the Russian name for it, and that's how I always grew up hearing. I'm an American. I know. I'm an American, not an American. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord. So it's, yeah, so there's a, it's a big time, uh, it, yeah, it's just beautiful, the na- the names. Yeah. That, um, what, what are the other distinguishing features of Eucharistic Prayer 1? Um uh, I, I think there's a there's a first blessing over the uh, over the gifts. Yeah, that's what the throws begin- the altar servers off. Every <laughs> they time. ring the bells at the yeah, wrong time, right? Because uh, there's a blessing of the bread and wine before the epiclesis. Yeah, that 
yeah, that throws people. The Epiclesis we'll talk about in a minute, but it's like the calling down of the of the Holy Spirit upon upon the bread and the wine. There's also the distinguishing uh, part of it uh, is the offer. Uh, uh, this this little line right here it says, and oh yeah. Um, it, it's historically it says, "Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance, and to accept them as once you are pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith in the offering of our high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim." It's very scriptural. Yeah, I mean, it's that's, very scriptural. Lots of Old Testament reference. I mean, that's where you know of Abel, of Abel Abraham. Melchizedek, yeah, and then there's the then there's this the begging of God to have the angel from on high bring this sacrifice up to heaven, and then there's the bowing of it as uh, as the priest as well as he says those words with his hands joined so together cool. in prayer. Just I think it's um, I think a lot of it strikes a lot of people. Maybe if you don't hear it often, it we're asking to be saved from damnation. What's yeah. that? What's that line? Do you have the, that there? Uh, it is. Uh, it's in the first part I mean, of we the say it in the rosary. It's, like, if you pray the rosary a lot, like the Fatima prayer at the end of a decade of the rosary, like, save, you know, oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Um, Eucharistic prayer one says, what? And, and there's like the, uh, so it's the calling, it's, that it's right before the epiclesis. It says, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family, the family of God. Uh, order our days in your peace. Command that we be delivered from eternal, eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, a, it's one of the, you know, one of the very explicit places where we're, we're saying hell is possible. Lord, save us. Yeah. Um, save us from, what is it? Save us? From eternal damnation. From eternal damnation. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're serious. We're serious about that. One of the things that the mass, I mean, the graces of the mass, help in our salvation. Yeah. They help us on the way to heaven. Um, and then the other line, when the priest bows, I mean, we're kind of jumping around, but like when the priest bows, he says, um, "Take this bread." What's the line? This bread to he- to to heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty. Yeah. So that all of us who through through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your son that the priest makes the sign of the cross may be filled with every grace and heavenly. That's blessing. so cool. So anyways, okay. So Eucharistic prayer four and Eucharistic prayer one. Um, what you hear most often are probably two and three, generally speaking. So two is the shortest. I like three. Three is probably my favorite. Three is probably. I mean, I would say I would say like Father Healy uses one most often. I think if you ranked, if you like, if you ranked Father Healy, he would be it would be one, three, four, two. Um, I would be. Oh, I'm about to sneeze. God bless you. Thank you. Well, that came on strong. Wow, you're allergic to podcasts. Uh, I would say my preference, my order would be most common would be three, two, two. One sneeze. My uh, gosh. My order would be most often three, two, one, four. But I would say that I use four more than most priests in the world. You've used it a thousand percent more than I more have. More than you. What's your what would be your order of uh it's probably three, two, one, four. Three, two, one. No. Four's not even on your list. Yeah, yeah. I just three, like, two, one. Yeah, four. No. No, no, four's not on your you don't get four. 
You don't ever use it. Um, so, and it, okay. and and the hard. I mean, the, again, for like for lay people in the pews, like it's it's like which one? What's which one is coming? So, especially yeah. people who like follow along in a missile, ah, uh, it's a rough, uh, it's a rough deal. Now, you, yeah. I mean, you could walk up to the priest and say, "Father, which Eucharistic prayer are you planning to use today?" But he doesn't have to. I mean, there's times when I'm like, okay, this I'm gonna I'm gonna probably use three. Okay. And then I don't know, something strikes me and I'm like, nope, one. Like in the middle of my homily or in the middle of a reading, I'll be like, Oh wow, mm. yeah, yeah. Or like in the reading, it'll mention something about Abraham or Melchizedek. And then it just fires. And then I'm it up. like, oh, okay, I, do, I gotta do one. Okay. Or you know, that like the the day of a saint, you know, where we're celebrating something Saint Peter or Paul or Andrew or Bartholomew, you know, that's those are good days. So it's like we just had Saint Andrew. Whatever that was, November thirtieth. That's a great day to use Eucharistic prayer. Uh-huh. One. So let's talk about three real quick. Three is probably the most common that you hear on Sundays in most places. I like three because it gives you the option to add the name of a saint. So here at Saint Francis yep. Xavier, you'll often—I mean—you'll hear me say, "There's like a little blank space or a little N in the in it's the little red in the book." N. And you know, say, can you do? What do you have, do? You have it there? Do you I, have, do, I do. Eucharistic prayer three. What's uh, that part where we can add the name of a saint? Oh, that is after the consecration, and it says, um, "May He make of us an eternal offering to use, that we may obtain an inheritance with Your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse." Which Pope Francis added. That, that was an addition. Her spouse with Your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs with Saint. With in Saint N. The saint of the day or patron saint. Yeah. With all the saints on his constant intercession in your presence, we rely upon. So it. that's an opportunity right there. It's an option for the pre. He does not have to, but you know, if you're in if you're you know, you're if you're celebrating Mass at St. Francis Xavier, if I go celebrate Mass at St. John's, I'm adding there St. John the Evangelist. Okay. I don't add St. Francis Xavier if I'm at St. John's. No, why wouldn't even you? though I'm the pastor of St. Francis Xavier. Why wouldn't you? Because I'm at St. John's. Oh, that's you could add it. I mean, I could, but I don't. Oh, wherever I am, uh, you try. You know, you have to be kind of aware. So when I go home to uh, Houston, uh, I add there Martha Mary, saints, Lazarus, Martha Mary, and Lazarus, friends of Jesus, and all your saints. Yes, because that's the parish oh, like, where I am. But then the feast day of say, like St. Juan Diego or uh, yep. Martin of Tours. Yep. Uh, you know, wait, and then I, I you'd like, add that name in. I like three because I get the opportunity to. Um, teach students about uh, a different saint uh, by using that saint's name in the church. Sure. And then I get to use my patron saints uh, as I'm offering, as I'm celebrating. You add that. a lot of names there, usually? Sometimes, like uh, Juan Diego, I added it in there. And then St. Catherine of Alexandria, I add probably yeah, all the time. Yeah, if it's her feast day. Well, not probably, but not like random. No, like every day I add, um, I add Catherine of Alexandria. Come on. I do, every day. Cause Why? Because she, she's my girl. She helps me out. You add Catherine of Alexandria every time you use Eucharistic Prayer 3? Uh-huh. Is that weird? That's weird. Oh, well, it's weird for you. I ask her for help all the time. and so I'm calling, Even when it's not her feast day? Heck yeah. And well, St. Juan Diego. And then on Every sun- day? And then on Sunday, I'll add like three saints. From oh. the saints of the week in the Eucharistic oh. prayer, I love the fun and freshness of new <laughs> of the new of different the saints. Fun and, and freshness. freshness. I like that. That's um, sky is what I will place. say is, uh, you know, in our last few minutes here, the Eucharistic prayers. There, there's a variation there, 
And it's up to the priest, you know. So we can we we try to use the one that you know maybe bet just best fits the pastoral situation uh-huh. or the saint of the day. Yeah. So just as as people in the pews coming to mass, um, you know, I would you know I would just simply say be ready for all of them. Um, the other thing about a variety is I I think it helps people pray better and kind of pay attention more when you if you use the same one all the time. So, I mean, there are priests, I'm sure, that are like, I only use Eucharistic Part 2 because it's the fastest and I want to get out of there. Right, but, they, that's, but that's dumb. Or they want to use one. It's like the, Or the, they want to use one because they don't think, because it's better or... The, but the, the church offers a variety. Even, even Eucharistic Part 2, which is, you know, has some historical question mark attached to it. It, it, I mean, it, it's a beautiful Eucharistic prayer it's that, awesome. the, that it's the church awesome. then gives to us. It's totally awesome. So, anyway, just be ready... For any of these, any of these Eucharistic prayers that may come your way, um, and if you have yeah. questions about them, I mean, I would just, really. It's you could do some great Lexio Divina. The Liturgy Guys, with, the Liturgy Guys podcast. The Liturgy Guys podcast is excellent. Um, they're way better than us on on every conceivable front, except they don't. They do not know Payne County like we do. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's a that's a great. They've they, they've kind of done a little bit of what we're doing, like more in depth. Yes. Um, so anyway, you might you might check out the liturgy guys. They do great work. Um, we didn't get to the other ones, the reconciliation. Maybe we can jump on those on the next. Yeah, one. I mean, I would bit. just simply say that there are these other Eucharistic prayers of reconciliation that are especially recommended during the season of Lent, which is a time of repentance and a time when we are trying to, um, you know, be be reconciled to the Lord and. Um, we can use those during Lent. Amen, brother. It's good stuff. All right, well, we'll, we'll keep up with our walk through the Mass. Woo-woo! And uh, blessed Advent to all, almost Christmas. Peace.